Daddy in heaven, we give you all the praise for your name, for your word, for your truth. Thank you because of what you've been showing us concerning your omnipotence. Thank you because you are always more than willing to convince us of our preciousness to you. Thank you because all that makes for life and godliness is given to us. It is never your intention that we should be oppressed in any way. And for this provision, we give you all the praise. Lord, this time around, we hope for a completion of what you have started with us. Take us through, teach us, speak to our heart in the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Anytime God sends his word, he sends it with a purpose. From Jeremiah chapter 1, when we see the commissioning of Jer Jeremiah, we see that the word of God upon a nation in a man's life can have six impact. If the Lord will ride over you and speak through you as a vessel, his word has six purposes in people's life. And by application, we can say that when we come to the presence of God each time to learn his word, there are, th there are six things we can expect to happen to us. Now look at what God told Jeremiah. And I hope that what God will speak to us today, we do one or all or some of these things in our lives. The six effects of God's word. Hallelujah. Of course, the word of God says that he watches over his word and he will not allow it to come to him void. To come to him empty. So when God speaks, he speaks with a purpose in mind. He speaks with an intention. Like I told you other time, he speaks meaning what he said and saying what he means. So his word will not miss a target. So each time you come into the presence of God, you can expect all of one of these six effects. Jeremiah chapter 1. Let's speak from, from verse 5. Actually, the focus is on them, but I like us enjoying scriptures. I have a long way to go, but I want us to come this way so that you will know that the end of this communication to us this season about the omnipotence of God is because God wants to root out of our life things we can't root out by our own effort. And also, He wants to put in our heart things by our, that by our that by our efforts we cannot put in there. And when God speaks to us, He speaks in this capacity to uproot, to plant, to build, and to destroy. Hallelujah. Now look at Jeremiah chapter 1 from verse 5. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, that is verse 4, Behold, I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. That's amazing. God knows so much about us. And if he knows so much about us, then he knows everything that has to make for ease, that has to make for meaning, that has to make for success, that has to make for fulfillment. But unfortunately, most times we go through life without engaging him, without involving him. Behold, I formed you in, in the womb. I knew you before you were born. I sanctified you. Sanctified means to separate and the next statement even explained that I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, 
Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak for I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am a youth. But you shall go to all to whom I send you. Do not be afraid of their faces. For I am with thee to deliver you, says the Lord. Now, I told you in the last teaching that men are God's agent. Men are God's means. Men are God's tool. He does nothing without men. God can do things without men, but he has conditioned himself to work by men. Of course, there is nothing God cannot do, but he has conditioned himself to work by men. He does not bypass men because he has given the earth to the sons of men. So they are the rulers there. So he gives it to them to rule. So God uses men. Men are God's agents. Men are God's means of expressing his counsel. So God told Jeremiah, I have ordained you. If I must speak over the land, if I must preside over the land, if my intention must be expressed over the land, it will come through a man. And I must say this also, that how much God can work at the time is determined by the availability of men, the alignment of men. And I explain alignment in three ways. Preparedness, positioning, and prayers. Preparedness, positioning, and prayers. Or you can call it availability. Hallelujah. So, most times, the work of God has strangulated or they are bottlenecked when there are no people standing in gap and when the people standing in gap have not taken their watch by prayers. So, it's up to you. If God will walk in your life. Unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than what you think or ask but then there is a condition whether we do it is conditioned by the power you allows in you so how much of god you experience at the time is determined by you not god according to the power that works in you and of course by that power there should not be any limitations there should be no limitation of any kind but oftentimes in our own ignorance in our own short-sightedness in our own timidity and jubilation and and submission to human fretiness will limit that which god can do the scripture spoke of the hebrews that they limited the holy one of israel who is unlimited but this is where i'm going anytime the word of the lord is spoken over you there are six things it can do in your life so god speaks at least with six capacities i don't know how to put it better his word can affect six things in your life it speaks in in terms of six capacities i don't know how to put it it's not actually framed the way i wanted to i wanted to put it it speaks in capacity of six things to do in your life and do not let anything to disqualify you jeremiah said look i am a youth but god said look i will send you and whatever i command you shall speak do not be afraid of their faces i am with you to deliver you now look at verse 10 behold i have put my words in your mouth hallelujah i have put my words in your mouth and i have this they set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down to destroy to throw down to build and to plant this thing the word of the lord can do It can root out. It can pull down. No, there are two different things. To root out means to attack from the root. To attack the source of our problem. To pull down is to take away barricades. 
to destroy is to decompose, is to disinfect, is to annul and to throw down, is to collapse, to tear apart. Meanwhile, it does not just only do the destructives alone. It also build up and it plants. That reminds me of the words of Apostle Paul when he encouraged those believers. He said, look, finally, I have got to go. But then I commend you to the, to, to the word of, to the grace of God and to the word of his truth, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among the saints. So the word of God can build. And oftentimes, before God builds, he breaks down. There are things that may need to be broken down in your life. And may the Lord break them down. This is in the name of Jesus. So God walks through men to reach out to men. He does not walk independent of man. He can walk without man, but he has chosen not to walk without man. So if God will walk at a time, there must be somebody somewhere at a time who had positioned themselves for what God wants to do. Hallelujah. Alright, this hour I'm going to speak on what I've titled Why God Walks or Why God Does What He Does. Actually, this is still a continuation of uh, the main topic, um, the purpose of the miraculous, which actually is um, a subheading or a subtopic on the main topic, the God Challenge. And when I speak of the God Challenge, there are two things I'm saying. In, I'm saying, in essence, or I have in mind to communicate. Number one. That God is able to challenge everything that stands as a challenge to him in your life. Number one. Number two. That you can dare demand that God manifests himself in the miraculous in order to prove, to disapprove or to affirm his presence with you. Is that simple? For instance, we see the case of Peter. You know, he saw Jesus Christ. Not only him, he was in the, in the boat with the other disciples. And, you know, in the late night, they saw Jesus Christ walking on waters. And they could think of no other thing but ghosts. And that is just legit. That's very correct. To walk on water is not human. It's divine. And, of course, Jesus did not choose to walk on water in order to show them he has the power. There are times that God steps out in the supernatural, not because he wants to show, but because there is, there, there is a need for it. For instance, he fed the Jews with manna for 40 years. Not because he really wanted to show that he can feed them without them walking, okay, a million of them or more, but because there was a need. They were in the wilderness. There was nothing they could do to earn a living. And at a time, when they tempted him and they complained that over the years they've been feeding on the manners, they need something else, God sent the quail. In that wise, God made the quail to come in order to show his ability. Meanwhile, in the first place, it was not to show his ability when he gave them manners. It was to show his care and commitment. So, when there is the outbreak of the supernatural or the miraculous, it can be for a sign, for a warning, it can be for a blessing or for a cause. But as a child of God, God intends to do through us the real unusual in order to prove that he is with us and in order to give us supernatural aid those times when we need him. Hallelujah. So why God works what he works? A way of saying the purpose of the miraculous. The purpose of the miraculous. And then for me to speak, as the Lord will have me speak, I want to examine that scripture we've been looking at in Isaiah chapter 41. Again, 
17 to 20. Then very quickly, I will go back to Exodus chapter 15 and we'll read lengthy verses. Then we'll begin to trust God to take us through this teaching. Isaiah chapter 41 from verse 17. The poor and the needy seek water, but there is none. Their tongues fall for test. I, the Lord, will hear them. Look at the personal pronoun. God taking responsibility over your life. There are times you desire certain things in your life. You don't have the means. You don't have the connection. You don't have the resources to obtain them. But there is a power that can put it in your hands. So you cannot be stranded. And if you think all there is to your life is the ephemera, what you can see, what you can touch, what you can taste, really you are limited. You have got to see the supernatural side. Hallelujah. The poor and the needy seek for water. They are actually desirous of it. But unfortunately there was none. Their tongue failed for test. But I, the Lord, will hear them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. Look at God taking responsibility. Standing responsible for your life. The reason why we suffer most times is because we do not say that God is there for us. I, the Lord God of Israel, will not forsake them. I will open rivers in desolate heights. I will do the impossible, in essence. In essence. And fountains in the midst of the valleys. You know what I'm seeing from the scriptures? At the impossible ways, God will come through for you. In the valley. In a way unexplainable. Oh, glory to God. You cannot be stranded. Know that for sure. I will come. And make provision of water in desolate places. In dry places. In forsaken places. And I will put rivers in desolate heights. And fountains in the midst of the valleys. I will make the wilderness a pool of water. Amazing. A wilderness. How would that be? By his infinite power. Mary asked, how shall this thing be? Then Gabriel replied, the power of the highest shall overshadow you. All we need sometimes to bring forth the realities of God as we have conceived of you have been made pregnant of them is to allow the power of God to envelop us. And by then we come into another realities we never knew existed. But, do, but which does exist in the realm of God? I will make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry land spring of waters. I will plant in the wilderness the cedar and the acacia tree and the myrtle and the holly tree. I will set in the desert the cypress tree and the pine and the boss tree together that you may see and know and consider and understand together that the hand of the Lord has done this and the Holy One of Israel has created this. God is matchless. It's so important. He only can do what no man can do for you. And when you look forward to anything you know man cannot give to you, then look up to him. And I have this to say. Now imagine those scenarios God painted here. The ability to give water where there is none, precisely in the wilderness. The ability to, to, to make fountains of water to flow in the midst of the valley. To give, to give spring of water in the dry land. Look at those things. Now imagine if you were the one by your effort will make water available for yourself in the wilderness. How laborious, how rigorous will it be? Will it be for you? If you were to be the one to make way for yourself in the wilderness. How laborious would it be if you were to be the one to plant, you know, trees in the wilderness. 
and i mean trees that are roots penetrating in the wilderness trees that penetrate that whose roots penetrate deep down into the soil how possible would it be for you but god said i will make possible for you that which you cannot do and how does god do that through humans through human vessels and god wrought real unusual miracles special miracles by the hands of paul so god looked forward to the hands of somebody available for him to flow through hallelujah okay now let's go to the second scriptures i have three scriptures actually to open with before i go to the main scriptures hallelujah Exodus chapter 15, we are going to read long verses. You know, it's a psalm. I mean, it's a song. It's a rhyme. So, let's enjoy the scripture. From chapter 1, you know, all the while we've been looking at verse 11 to 13. But now I want to read the whole long verses as we reflect. And what we are looking at or looking out for are the purposes or the intention of the miraculous. Why God does what he does. Alright, Exodus chapter 15 from verse 1. Then Moses and the children of Israel sang this song. It was not just only Moses' song. Everybody sang it together. To the Lord and spoke saying, I will sing to the Lord for he has triumphed graciously. Mark that. He triumphed graciously. When God comes to work in your life, he does it excellently. He beats the devil hands off, hands down. He comes cleanly cleanly without any iota of doubt without any you know dispute without any complaint it comes in neatly he has triumphed great gloriously the horse and the rider he has thrown into the sea the lord is my strength and song he has become my salvation he is my God and I will praise him. Why has God does this? Because these people are his people. Because they have made him their strength. Because they exist to praise him, to show his act. You are a chosen generation and holy people, God's own people, God's special people, that you may show forth the acts of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light and i do tell you how do we actually show the praises of him except we experience it ourselves first so god does not just want you to see he wants you to experience he wants you to touch that which was from the beginning apostle john wrote which was from the beginning which we have seen which we have looked which we have touched concerning the word of life that the life that was with god manifested and we have seen it we have touched it. We have handled it. So the goal of God is not that you will just know that he has the power. But that in knowing you will also experience. John said, I, I said, I have written to you. So that you will know that Jesus Christ is the Christos. And that in knowing, you may participate of his life. So the goal of the scripture is to bring us into the experience of what we have written. John chapter 20 verse, 20, verse 30. There are many miracles Christ have done, but I have chosen these few ones, John wrote, that you may know that he is the Christos, and in knowing that he is the Christos, you will participate of his life. So participation, fellowship, is a part of the beginning of redemption. Glory be to God. He is my God. Now verse 3, 
The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. The word Lord here means Jehovah is his name. Jehovah is his name. The self-sufficient one is his name. He's a man of war. He delights in, 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 in demonstrating his powers. As much as he does demonstrate his love. Pharaoh's chariot. Pharaoh's chariot. And his army he cast into the sea. His chosen captains are drawn in the Red Sea. The depth have covered them. They sank to the bottom of, of the stone. Your right hand, O God, has become glorious in power. Hallelujah. Your right hand, O Lord, has died the enemy in pieces. Mark that. That's the strength of your God. He has the power to dash your enemies in pieces. He's glorious in power. When the scripture uses the word glorious in power, it's meant to show us how excellent, how incomparable, how matchless he is. Triumphantly. Verse 7. And in the greatness of your excellence. Oh, glory to God. He's not just excellent. He is great in excellence. He exceeds in excellence. That's why when Apostle Paul wants to describe him sometimes, he uses the word abundance. He uses the word exceeding greatness of his power towards us. The abundance of grace. The riches of his grace. You know, every of God's blessings looks like him. They take after him. They are inexhaustible as much as our father is inexhaustible. They are eternal as God as is eternal. They are everlasting as much as he is. So no fears. And in the greatness of your excellence, you have overthrown those who rose against you. You send forth your rod, it consumed them like stubble. Now let's move to verse 11. Then, consequent upon these supernatural acts, this miraculous, these supernatural events, then Moses began to raise a question. Not because he does not know the answer, but it's a question he, he, he raised out of amazement, out of wonder. Hallelujah. God is fond of blowing our minds, and he will blow our minds. He has done it, he is doing it, and he will do it again. All the scriptures were written for your consolation. So that you will find hope. Who is like to the Lord? Who is like the Lord? Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Mark, the context is the context amongst gods. Is a context among gods. God does these things to show gods that there is none. You are not the one, of course, regulating nature. It's God. And he has this capacity because he's the creator. Hallelujah. Who is like you, O God, among the gods? Who is like you, glorious in holiness? Fearful in praises. Now, when the scripture says fearful in praises, it means that when he is praised, he does fearful things. Amazing things. Glorious things. Terrible things. Unfathomable things. Things unprecedented. Oh, what a great father. How enormous. So do not come to him with your, with your finite mind. Allow him to blow your mind. He's a wonder working God. He's fearful in praises. He's glorious in power. Fearful in praises. Fearful in praises. Glorious in holiness. Doing wonders. Oh, glory to God. Look at the ten wonders in Egypt. 
10 wonders. We call them 10 plagues. They are wonders. They are signs. And you know, the age of signs and wonders are not over. Jesus Christ said, if you believe in me, these signs, oh glory. So if I am God, there are signs to look out for in my life. The signs say, I follow those who believe. Do you believe? If you do, signs you follow you. Hallelujah. Signs in your finances. In your place of work. God must come through for you. There arises light for the righteous in darkness. Glory to God forevermore. Is our defense. Verse 12. You stretch out your right hand. The earth swallow them. You in your mercy have led them forth. The people whom you have redeemed. You have guided them in your strength. To your holy habitation. The people will hear and be afraid. Sorrow will take hold of the inhabitant of Philistia. Then the ships of Edom will be, destroyed, will be dismayed. The mighty men of Moab, trembling, will take hold of them. All the inhabitants of Canaan will melt away. Fear and dread will fall on them. The greatness, for the greatness of your harm, they will be as still as a stone till your people pass over. Oh Lord, till your people pass over. Whom you have purchased, you will bring them in and plant them in the mountain of your inheritance, in the place, O oh Lord, which you have made. For your own dwelling, the sanctuary, O Lord, which your hand have established. The Lord shall reign forever and ever. For the horses of Pharaoh went with his chariot and his horsemen into the sea. And the Lord brought back the waters of the sea upon them. But the children of Israel went on dry land in the midst of the sea. Such is the acts of our God. But why does God do what he does? Verse 14 to 16 tells us. The people will hear and be afraid. It's a form of judgment. But it brings about fear. And fear in that respect talks about being frightened. And much more speaks about reverence. To sorrow we hold on the inhabitant of Felicia. Such that they will not be able to attack God's people. Three. The shift of Edom's. I want to just speak about the shift. Talks, talks about their, their, their superiors. The chief of the army force. The best of them. The best amongst them. Their high-ranking chiefs and officers. Will hear and be dismayed. The mighty man of Moab. Trembling will take hold of them. And all the inhabitants of Canaan, Canaan will melt away. Fear and dread will fall on them. For the greatness of your harm. They will be as still as stone. So one of the ways. God put away. The enemy from attacking or arousing us. Is to demonstrate his power in our lives. Now let's see one more scriptures. Now here we want to see God's ability as a challenge job. I have a long way to go. So I've got to run. Job chapter 40. Verse 6 to 14. We want to see God's ability. And how that shows his incomparableness. Hallelujah. Then the Lord answered Job out of the wild wind. And said, now prepare yourself like a man. I will question you. And you shall answer me. Would you indeed annul my judgment? Would you condemn me? That you may be justified. 
have you an arm like God? Or can you thunder with a voice like his? Then adorn yourself with majesty and splendor and array yourself with glory and beauty. Disperse the rage of your wrath. Look on everyone who is proud and humble him. Look on everyone who is proud and bring him low. Tread down the wicked in their place. Hide them in the dust together. Bind their faces in hidden darkness. Then I will also confess to you that your own right hand can save you. Hallelujah. What was God showing you? Is limitlessness. He's in control. You can't have a big God who is also your father like this and you are scared of, of something. I wonder what you will be scared of. I wonder. And from the red scriptures, five things stands out. Number one, God is matchless. And I'm going to take that for that temper meeting. Number two, God is enormous. Beyond what you can think or imagine. Hallelujah. The whole of heavens and heavens cannot contain him. In Isaiah chapter 40, the scripture says that the whole earth is his full to. How enormous. That was the revelation by which David confronted Goliath. That was the revelation by which David fought all of his battles. Little wonder he lost none. That was the revelation from which Moses and all the warriors that God raised in Israel fought with. Jehovah is a man of all. Number three, God is omnipotent. He's all powerful. All power are exclusively is. Hallelujah. God and his exclusive ability. In other words, God is showing us that he is the God of all flesh and there is nothing too difficult. Look at the conversation that ensued between him, you know, and Abraham in Genesis chapter 18 when he came to destroy Gold, um, Sodom and Gomorrah. They got talking and God told Abraham, I will visit you according to the time of life. This time next year, your wife shall have a child. Then he says, I am the God of all flesh. Is there anything to add for me? And through Jeremiah, he answered that. I am the God of all flesh. Indeed, nothing is too difficult. May you know that. Now, if you understand that there is nothing too difficult for him, then you will, not, then you will understand that it's not too late for you to make your millions, to be prosperous, for that door to be open, for you to get married, for you to have a child. Of course, Abraham had his first child, the legal child as promised by God, the child of promise, the covenant child. Abraham had that child when he was 100. The scripture told us that his body was dead. Even the, the womb of Sarah was dead. And the scripture said that Abraham did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. That was a man who understood God. He believed he was giving glory to God. The scripture said that he does not consider the deadness of his own body. How many times you have missed out of God's provision because of our considerations? And in Hebrews chapter 11, the scripture told us that it was by that faith also he went to sacrifice Isaac knowing fully whether God had the capacity to raise him. You see, we are limited by our knowledge of God's omnipotence. Daniel got it rightly when he said, those who know their God will be strong. And on that basis of strength, they will do exploit. 
So the knowledge of God is strength to our souls. And the devil takes advantage of our ignorance of this supernatural and unlimited ability. Why does God do what he does? To silence the enemy. But then you have got to understand the fact that the miraculous exists only in the realm of God. And that realm is supernatural. And of a truth, our lives and our work with God is incomplete without the supernatural. Without the miraculous. We are created for that supernatural. So you can never be stranded. When it seems there are roadblocks, when it seems there are no options, or you know, there is no other things you can do, you can switch on the supernatural gear. And as a matter of fact, until you tap into that divine resource in you, it stays there dormant. Dormant. So your life is incomplete without the supernatural. Moses said, when he was making our judgment. On Korah and Datan. He said, if these men die as usual, then God had not called me. Elijah said, if I be a man of God, let fire fall. Elijah said, by this time tomorrow, then there shall be abundance at the gate of Samaria. These are men who understood God's ability. Hallelujah. These are unusual supernatural acts. And God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul. And in Acts chapter 15, the scripture says that he has put no distinction between us and them. So what he did through Paul, he wants to do through your life today. Giving you as a recipient and making you a channel through which such supernatural powers are recorded. Hallelujah. Look at Hebrews chapter 11. The scripture showed us the story of our header brothers. Who through faith sought the mouth of lions. They subdued kingdoms. They were ordinary men. Elijah was a man with the nature of us, but because of his work with God and his understanding of God's omnipotence, he shut the heavens and he pocketed the key. We have come to come to that point in our life when we understand the omnipotence of God. As much as we understand his love. We have celebrated, we have discussed, we have, you know, we have been dazed by his love, but it's high time we understood the greatness of his power towards us who believe our life is incomplete without the supply of the spirit and there's a need for the supply of the spirit because it is the spirit that brings us into the dimension where the supernatural where the miraculous is released so i affirm again our life is incomplete without the supply of the spirit and without the demonstration of the super dimension of god in Exodus chapter 33, Moses in a conversation with God said, How shall these people know that you are with us except you go with us? Except you give us rest? Except you show us your face? Except you lead us by yourself? Hallelujah. So we must quest to operate in the super supernatural like John Austin put it. Operating in the miraculous. It is our heritage today and it is still active and you know ongoing today. It's meant for today. So the supernatural is God's gift to us. And the scripture says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 that God had made us for distance. And what is that in? The supernatural. A realm where we attain that immortality swallows mortality. That's what Apostle Paul explains in 2 in, in Corinthians chapter 5. It's a realm. 
but it does not just come upon us it's there but we have got to enter into it that was the realm christ entered in in matthew chapter 17 when he led his disciples to the month of transfiguration and the scripture says that he was transfigured there's such a reality such dimension of the spirit hallelujah the miraculous is legal it's legit is divine and we are programmed for it because man himself is supernatural man is a spirit the world itself in which we live is supernatural in hebrews chapter 11 verse 3 the scripture says that the word manifests or was created from the invincible ephesians chapter 2 verse 1 says that the world is governed by unseen rulers the power of the head the invincible powers that operate that controls that 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 runs and governs the sons of men so if invincible powers governs men how would you live in the world that invincible realities dominate without you having access having a grasp on that invincible realities it's going to be pathetic of you may you not be a victim apostle Paul said we are not ignorance of the devices of the devil of course what he called the devices is the ignorance he uses on, on, on God's people. And if we are ignorant of what he uses, which is our ignorance of his own device, then he will take advantage of us. And this part of the scripture settles it for us. The supernatural is real as much as the natural. But then I feel I need most clarify some of the statements I made in the last teaching. By explaining to you the purpose of the supernatural. So that we will not misunderstand. So that we will not fall into errors. So that you will not begin to place God on. On earth seats. You will not, be, you will not start giving God ultimatum. That Lord. Ah. If you know you have called me really. Or. Ah. If by nature you did not do it. Then you are not God. That does not change anymore. God can do anything. To show that he loves you. It will match your demand. Look at Gideon. Of course, we are not to put out fleece like Gideon did. But look at Gideon, for instance. Look at what he said. If you are the one bidding me to deliver my people, let this fleece be wet here and let the ground be dry. And God did it. He changed the bargain again. God did it. So God is always ready to match whatever we place before him in order to give us a conviction of what he has sent us to do. Give us evidence. In Acts chapter 17, Apostle Paul told us that the resurrection of Jesus is the substance of God's faithfulness to us. So God is always interested in bringing us to peace tools. Because if there's any problem God has with humanity, it's the problem of lack of faith. Now let's look at Acts chapter 17. And here I want to show you that there is a substance for our faith. The resurrection of Jesus. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 17, verse 30. Truly these times of ignorance God overlooked. But now command all men everywhere to repent. Because he has appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness. By the man whom he has ordained. He has given assurance to this by raising him from the dead. So the substance of our faith is the resurrection of Jesus. And if God can give us a substance, can substantiate, can give us a proof, or can give us a guarantee of our faith, in Christ we have no sin, then there is nothing he will ask you to do in time without giving you an assurance. Whether by witnessing your spirit or by providential evidences, he will do that. 
So we must understand the purpose of the supernatural. When purpose is not known, abuse is inevitable. When purpose is unknown, abuse is not far-fetched. So why the miraculous? Why the supernatural? From the red scriptures in Exodus chapter 15, we saw that God said that I will, I will demonstrate myself and the king of Moab, the chief amongst them, the king of the Philistines, they will stand still as stone. So it's a way by which God silenced the enemies. It's a way he shows us that he's with us. So why the supernatural? Number one, God himself is supernatural. And the only way we can see his acts in the wild wind is by engaging the supernatural. Number two, life itself is supernatural. Number three, the supernatural demonstrates God's omnipotence and excellence. It's distinction from other gods. Amongst other gods who is like you. There is none holy as a God. There is none besides him. Neither is there any rock like a God. He's much less is incomparable. So why would you have other gods be besides him? And you will remember, O Israel, that the Lord thy God is one. The Lord thy God is one. He is the only one. He is the only one you've got. So the supernatural demonstrates his omnipotence and his excellence, his holiness, his righteousness, his nature, his good, his goodwill, his goodness towards us. Number four, the supernatural is necessary because the word itself is spiritual. Number five, life's events and occurrences are governed by unseen identities. And because of that, we need the supernatural to silence them. In Ephesians chapter 6, Apostle Paul says that Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Although we walk in the flesh. No, I'm picking another scripture. Lord, help me. Be strong in the Lord and his power of his might. Take on you the whole armor of God that you may be able to, that you may be able to stand against the wild of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against powers in the unseen realm. Then the second Corinthians chapter 10. Is it second Corinthians? Now let's confirm it. Paul says that though we walk in the flesh, the weapon of our warfare not carnal. We are human beings, but we do not fight with human artilleries. Our weapon are supernatural. They are supernatural. And they are mighty in the Lord to bring to bring in down strongholds, casting down imagination, imagination and everything that exalts themselves against the knowledge of God. Second Corinthians chapter 10. Hallelujah. Verse 3. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not walk according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare, mark the word warfare, we are really fighting. And not cana. They are immaterial. Nonetheless, they are mighty in God. And they have the capacity to pull down strongholds, casting down imaginations and arguments and every high thing that exhausts itself against the knowledge of God, against the knowing of God, against the intention of God, against the plans of God, against the purposes of God, against the intentions of God. Bringing every thought into captivity 
to the obedience to the submission to the authority of christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled when you are in alignment with the father you can punish and i told you when man refuses to stand under the authority of god he loses authority himself so to remain under authority you have got to be under authority the angels who did not keep their first estate lost the authority God gave to them. We are not fight fighting human agents. We are not fighting human agents. We are fighting invincible rulers. And bless God, God has given us power over them. Hallelujah. So why the supernatural? Life and life occurrences are governed by invincible identities number six to show that god is incomparable there is no like him number seven to show our own limitations and god's own strength god's unlimited power and look at what god said that we do in that Isaiah chapter 41 verse 19 are we plant trees in the wilderness imagine 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 can you imagine the rigor of trying to plant trees for yourself in the wilderness or trying to make way for yourself in the wilderness or make way where there is none you walk yourself to bone there are things you cannot do by your own strength anna made us understand that father said that look by strength shall no man prevail that woman had tried so many alternatives the more reason why she can come to a conclusion when she said there is none only as the lord how should I have known that there's no only if you had not tried alternatives? And you see, in God's work with us, He wants to bring us to a point where we have no alternatives but Him. Where He becomes the first and the last, nothing in the middle. And that is when we can begin to enjoy Him unrestrained. So, why the supernatural? To show our limitations and to show God's everlasting strength. Number eight. God demonstrates the supernatural or allows the supernatural to cause his name to be greatly feared. To cause his name to be greatly feared and glorified amongst other gods and the enemies of God. And the enemies of God in your life. Number nine. To make his enemies submit to him. The scripture says that the enemies will submit to you through the greatness of your name. Hallelujah. God is to be greatly praised because there is none like him. So in the previous teaching, I said that there is nothing God cannot do to demonstrate his love for you. But I have got to clarify certain things. And that is true. Of course, absolutely true. If God does not spare his son, but deliver him for us, how shall you know with him? Freely give you all things. So Jesus is the proof, is a test, is a demonstration of God's love. Why we are yet sinner, Christ died for us. God demonstrated his love. And based on that love, there's nothing he cannot sacrifice. If he can sacrifice his son, there's nothing he cannot give us. But we have got to balance some things here. When we are thinking of what God does with us, we have got to think in terms of his dealings with us. We must also understand God's dealing with us. His objectives, his purposes at a particular time in our relationship, in our work with him. The scripture told us that he works all things according to the purpose of his will. Paul had tons in the body 
And for years he prayed that God should take it away. He didn't take it away. David prayed and fasted for seven days that God will restore his child not to die. The child died. So sometimes for us to get what is on God's mind, for us to eat the target, the first thing we have got to do is to see into the mind of God for that time. Is to understand the will of God. So one of the things a believer should aspire to know how to do is to know how to discern the perfect will of God. And one of the ways to do that is to renew your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may be able to prove that which is good, perfect, and acceptable will of God. And that's the point God is taking us to. Hallelujah. So we have got to understand God's purpose in relationship with whatever supernatural experiences He gives to us at the time. We have got to understand it. Jesus walked on water not because he wanted to show. Moses parted the Red Sea not because he wanted to prove to them that he had magical powers. He went to Egypt and threw down his rod. It became snake, swallowed all the snakes of the magician not because he wanted to show. But there is a purpose. So there is a purpose for the supernatural. Paul says that tongues are signs to the unbelievers. Christ said the signs will follow those who believe. So it is a proof of his presence also. It glorifies him. It makes his enemies submit to him. Like I told you, Paul Atons in his flesh, he prayed that God should take it away. But he did not become healed of that tongue because it was to serve a purpose. Paul told us the purpose so that by the abundance of the revelation, I will not be too pompous. So God humiliated him. I don't know how true I heard the story out that certain ministers, I want to say um, um, major ministers, I don't want to use major, the word I want to use is not common. Mainline ministers or fathers of the move of Pentecostalism in America are certain mark in their body that God visits or God prompt up or stay up whenever he wants to communicate certain things to them. I don't know how through. But one thing is very sure. God has certain ways of communicating his mind to his people. Hallelujah. He prayed. But what was the reply of God? My strength is made perfect in your weakness. So sometimes when you demand certain supernatural proofs or certain spectacular moves and you do not see it like Moses, like, uh, like Moses saw the, the Red Sea parted, like Joshua was able to cross the Red Sea, like David was able to see the wind blow over the mulberry trees, you still got to trust him by your witness. The scripture says that whoever knows that Jesus is the Son of God has a witness in himself. In Romans chapter 8, the scripture says that the spirit bear witness with our spirit. So there is the witness of the spirit. So sometimes it will not come in a spectacular way. But we give us proofs. Because it delights him to give us proof. But we have got to understand that there is purpose for every miraculous we have. Hallelujah. And I'm not trying to say that God put diseases on the body of his people in order to communicate certain things. 
I'm not of that opinion. But the fact is that God knows how he communicates with his people. I learned there's a part of maybe Kenetage, one minister in America that aches or that becomes swollen or that gives them certain discomfort when they are stepping out of the will of God. I don't know how to. But be it as it may, God knows the way to communicate. And do not wait until God kills you or allow accident to happen in your house, in your house before you can discern what he's saying to you at the time. That's pathetic. Hallelujah. What am I saying? That God relates with us in a way we understand. He relates with us in his jealousy. He relates with us at a particular time in his own purpose. As he purposed in himself. And much more, he determines the aid he supplies to us each time we need them. You may be calling for an angel, but what he will do is to put honest on your enemies. You are demanding for fire and what he will do is to release an angel. By his own divine providence, he releases the best for us at the moment. It may not even be in the know-how of. So the fact is that God can do all things to show us he loves us and to bring us to faith, but, he must, but we must always understand his purpose in his dealings with us each time. We must understand what is on his mind. And the fact is that God will and has always gone ahead of us to ensure our safety for whatever we think we need, to ensure we are at ease, to ensure we are protected, to ensure we are comforted or we have comfort. He will always defend us. He will always go ahead of us even before we think of doing something by our own initiative. It's our defense. And there's no other alternative we have before besides him but then we have got to understand that he does what he does for a purpose and we must understand his purpose and that is why one of the best prayers a believer can pray is to understand god's will hallelujah and that reminds me years ago you know a child was passing out and i heard people praying so i got there and then you know when i got there the first thing i did was just to look at what the situation is and understand who to attack they were praying, asking God to help them heal the child. When I got there, I rebuked the devil. I said, you foul spirit of hell. Take your hand off this child. And a twinkle of an eye, she came back to consciousness. Was he a or a she? I can't even say. They send the will of God. Paul said in, in malice be babes, but understanding the will of God. Understand his will. God is jealous and is dealing with us. He does not tolerate alternatives or opinions or options. He does not tolerate the opinions of men. He does not tolerate other gods. And that's one of the proofs to know that he's the real God. Every other deity in the world tolerates other gods. You can serve every other god alongside with them. But this God does not tolerate another. He does not. Hallelujah. He does not. 
Glory be to God. We have a God that is jealous. Jealous for us. Jealous for us. Jealous for us. Hallelujah. He loves us and we do know it. And we can't miss out of his love. For no reason, can we? So just as it is usual with God to demonstrate his love, we have got to know that in his dealings with us, he chastises us, he disciplines us, he gives us certain restraint, he allows us to stay away from certain things or make us commit to certain things as due of a father to his children. There are things he takes away from us. There are things he allows us to stop doing in his own providence because he loves us. Hallelujah. There is none holy as a God. There is none beside him. Neither is there any rock like our God. Hallelujah. Okay, let me tell up all I have said on the purpose of the supernatural to these two scriptures. Look at Hebrews chapter eleven. Hebrews chapter eleven. We want to look at the purpose of the supernatural. The purpose of the miraculous. Man shall not live by bread alone. Although Jesus had the power to turn the stone to bread. But look, he said, look, man will not live by bread alone. There is a purpose why I'm going through this. And the scripture said that while he was going through that of times, he learned obedience through the which he suffered. So certain times in your life, God will allow you to go through certain things in order to bring you to certain ends. And that's why you, are, you, that's why you must be discerning. Or you must be discernful. You must be discernful. You must know his plan. Hallelujah. Glory be to God forevermore. So one who wants to walk in the supernatural must find out the mind of God. He must. Hebrews chapter 11. Let's see that very quickly. Hebrews chapter 11. Glory be to God forevermore. We're going to read from verse 32 to 39. I'm going to read from the whole KJV. 32 to 39. We are looking at the purpose of the supernatural. And what I want to show you from this scripture is that you see the same people serving the same God. I mean, different people serving the same God, having the same faith, but having different results in their work with God. The same God. Same commitment, but different results. Different way of divine manifestations. There are same spirit, but different manifestations. Apostle Paul wrote. Different manifestations, same spirit. So never you criticize what you do not know. Or the dimension that, that had not been given to you. Okay. Hebrews chapter 11. Verse 32 to 39. And what shall I say more? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Japheth 
and of David and also of Samson and of the prophets who through faith subdue kingdoms. Now watch this one. Certain of them by their faith subdue kingdoms wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stop them out of lions, quench the violence of fire. It is sweet to hear about those stories of amazing results. Especially positive results. By their faith they escaped the edge of the sword. Out of weakness we are made strong. The worst valiant in fight turned to flight the armies of the aliens. We may receive dead, their dead rakes to life again and others. But then, on the other hand, some of this sect of people had faith in God. Some of them were tortured. God did not deliver them. If some of them even received death sentence, God did not deliver them. Like Zechariah, he was killed between the pouch and the puppet. And others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they may obtain a better resurrection. And others are trials of cruel, unfavorable, violent, terrible, fatal mockings, and scourging, yea, moreover, of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sown asunder. We were tempted. We were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskin and ghosting and ghost kings and destitute afflicted and tormented of whom the world was not worthy they wandered in desert and in mountains in dens and caves and on and the earth and all these now we saw different people but they were categorized into two people who by their faith had positive results and people who by their faith suffered and they lost their lives and look at the conclusion of the writer here all these having obtained a good report can you imagine that despite whatever their result is positive or negative the scriptures that they all had good report through faith but they did not receive the promise who was christ but the emphasis or the focus is that we saw different people who have the same god the same faith the same conviction and god attended to them differently Peter was arrested, was locked in the prison. The angel of God was dislodged from heaven to release him. Paul and Silas were locked in prison. Angels were dislodged to, to free them. But at the time, this same Paul that angel freed was beheaded. Stephen was there confronting his critics and opponents. Jesus did not deliver him. All he will do is to stand up in heaven and not advance towards him to receive his spirit. He didn't deliver him. He was turned to death. What are you talking about the purpose of the supernatural so god's hands are not tied god chooses the means he uses to respond to us at a particular time in other words he responds to our needs differently based on his purpose and dealings Ephesians 1 9 he works all things by the purpose of his will here we saw people of same faith, same God, but different results. So God is not under the rest. And you cannot place him under the rest. You cannot place him on the odd seat. You cannot give him, you know, you know, an ultimatum. He does what he does according to the pleasure of his will, which he proposed in himself. And he works all things by the counsel of his will. 
so miracles are god's sovereign acts and which are meant to display his glory to fulfill his purpose and they are done to display his wisdom and not just for sure god does not impress it's not a a, a trickster He's not a trickster. He's not a magician. He's real. Now let's see the second scripture I want to show you. Hallelujah. God is not a trickster. The purpose of the supernatural. Why God does what he does. Now let's look at Joshua chapter 5. Very interesting narrative there. Glory be to God. Joshua chapter 5 from verse 9 to 12. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We have a God that cannot feel. Joshua. He loves us. He can do everything to convince us, but he walks according to the purpose of his will. Hallelujah. We can trust him. Alright. We all know the story. The power to this time, God had fed his people for 40 years with manna. They never labored. They never plowed. They never planted. They never harvested anything. God fed them. Single-handedly, all alone. In his sovereign heart. For 40 years. But that was not the norm. The miraculous is not the norm. Man is not created or is not meant to be governed by the miracles, by the mirac miraculous. The miraculous is, is needed periodically in his life, in his journey. Because he will come across things that are bigger than him. Man is governed and is created to be governed by principles. Look at Joshua chapter 5, verse 9. To 12. And the Lord God said to Joshua, This day have I rolled away the reproach of Egypt from of you. That was by a means of circumcision. God asked Joshua to circumcise the people because all that were born in the wilderness were not circumcised. And those who were circumcised, were, those who were circumcised were dead already. So God said, Joshua, circumcise them. So the reproach was the circumcision. Okay? Alright? A type of sin. This day have I rode away the reproach of Egypt from all of, from, from all of you, whereof the name of this place is called Gilgal unto this day. The place the reproach is taken away. May God bring us to Gilgal if you have not been there. Now, verse 10. And the children of Israel encamped in Gilgal and kept the Passover of the 14th day of the month at the even in the plain of Jericho. I've got the wrong. And they did eat of the corn of the land on the marrow after the Passover, on living cakes and parched corn in the self same day. Now, verse 12, which is my emphasis. And the manna seeks on the marrow after they have eaten of the corn of the land. That's the emphasis. The manna ceased. Now, when they had the vantage to plant, to plow, to walk. So the miraculous is not the norm. It is God's special, God's precious gift to us in their time in our lives. And you can dare expect it. You can dare demand it. And it does work it even without your demand sometimes. The man has seized on the marrow after they had eaten of the corn of the land. Neither are the children of Israel. Neither are the children of Israel manna anymore. But they did eat of the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. So when you come into tight corners in your life, it will come through for you. And you can trust him for that. So why did the manna sustain God's people for 40 years in the wilderness? 
Why did the manna for 40 years in the wilderness sustain the people? Because they could not walk. Why did the manna sustain God's people for 40 years? But stop when they come into the land of Canaan where they cannot plant. Because now they can walk. Those days before you went to school, God can send people to you to give you money, even to pay your school fees. But the moment you graduate from school, all the giving stops because it's the time you walk and give to others. Those days when you were single and you know you were depressed and you were battling with um um low self-esteem or low self-image, God will bring people around you to motivate, to encourage you. And as soon as you get out of that problem, the people stop coming. God does everything according to the counsel of his will. So the man has stopped because the purpose of it was to sustain the people of God when they could not walk. But when the opportunity came for them to practice their vocation or their profession, they stopped. In other words, God's love and care for us is not to indulge or pamper us. It's not to negate its established principles, its established laws. So no miracle lasts forever. It was to attend to, to momentary needs or demands. It is to serve the purpose God wants to serve. It to stand as a sign of God's presence, as a sign of God's involvement, as a sign of God's approval or as a form of divine communications to us. So we can say miracles are supernatural communications indicating certain ends, pointing to certain things, approving or disapproving certain things in our lives. Remember Moses asked before the magicians of Pharaoh was to prove the point that God had sent him and that he encountered God and he had been sent for the deliverance of his people. So God is not a, a trickster. It's not a trickster or a magician that, that try to, to, to bamboozle people or to bamboozle you so that you can, you can become um, lawyer or so you can be, begin to act in your emotions or so that you can begin you know, to submit to him or you can begin to, to, to lose your weight as a result of overwhelming limitations. I mean, overwhelming limitations um, um, of wonders or overwhelming... Um, Miracles. God is not trying to intimidate you in order to make you succumb to him. No, he does not do that. He does not, he does not blackmail you. He does not arise you. No. Through the greatness of your name, thy people will submit to you. That's why he's God. He does not arise anyone. So miracles are God's act. And they are performed periodically for a purpose. Meanwhile, man was not made to live by miracles, but by laws, by divine principles. But there are times in your life that miracles are inevitable. They are because certain, you know, unprecedented, unforeseen realities or occurrences will confront you. 
and for the fact that life itself is spiritual and supernatural altogether. So you need you need this you need the supernatural, you need the miraculous. So, what is the purpose of the supernatural? The, the supernatural is to prove to us God's jealousy, God's omnipotence, God's concern, and to make the enemy of the Lord to desist from running after you. What is the purpose of the miraculous, unusual act of God at a particular time in the lives of his people? To show the greatness of his name. Meanwhile, let me give you seven reasons. Although I've given you about seven before, but let me just tie the whole thing together. One, the miraculous are signs of divine presence. And they are also codes of divine communications. Which are to indicate or express certain spiritual promptings, certain spiritual truth or significance. They are miraculous signs. They are course of divine communications. So sometimes the Lord will do certain things in your life to show you. You know, there was a particular time that my mom was going through tough times, and then you know, then you know, that morning, father was going to work. My elder brother was trying to dodge him. And, you know, my mother used to have this grinding machine, you know. He uses it um, to make money. That's how she makes her livelihood. Then, as my dad was coming, my brother should have done some chores that morning, but he didn't. He left home to stay with mom. So, sighting daddy ahead, he went through the back of the machine to escape him. He went through it on hot. Meanwhile, a split of seconds, a ram was coming towards that end. Brother went through, and the ram became electrocuted. Please tell me what was that thing that made him escape the ele electrocution, but the ram became electrocuted. There are times, there are times in my mom's vocation that God have allowed because you know she works with electricity. God had allowed a fowl. And end a doctor come from nowhere to go to a point to indicate that there is power there and they become electrocuted. Meanwhile, my mother would have gone there and become electrocuted. There was a particular time also, my sister was trying to grandfather. These are years ago, decades ago, many, many years ago. There are miracles of God's acts in my family. My sister got electrocuted. She could not touch, she could not move. And one strange man from nowhere came. Went to the meter, switched it off, and went his own way. Who brought that man? Nobody knows him. The supernatural acts of God. You can express such dimension, but you must understand the purpose of such dimension. Number two, the miraculous is God's way of demonstrating his right of ownership of us. His right of ownership, his right of claim over us. It is God's act or it's God's way of giving his attention or of getting our attention. It's God's way of giving his own attention and of getting our attention. Look at Moses at the burning bush. It's God's way of proving that we belong to him. And two instances are needful here. Moses at the burning bush. Moses would not have gone to examine that burning bush if such a sight had not been put in place by God. And look at Ezekiah, supernatural recovery from his ailment and the proofs Isaiah gave to him. 
the sun will go back what certain degrees in order to prove to you the same thing has when all the king of israel went to hire foreign kings to attack Ahaz, god sent isaiah and said look their cancer will not come to pass they have come together in alliance but well, i'm going to break that alliance and this is the sign a virgin shall conceive so it is god's norm to give us signs so signs are the expression of god's supernatural acts in order to prove his presence and to communicate certain things and to demonstrate his right ownership of us number three the miraculous is an expression of god's concern of god's jealousy of god's proof of love of god's care of god's massless of god's matchless commitment to us so god is not a show god it's not a it's not a a, a a trickster or a swindler no number four god allows the miraculous and brings us into the miraculous to bring us to faith to pistols john said there are many miracles christ have done but these signs we present is to bring you to faith and in knowing him as christos the son of god then you'll be partaker then you will partaker then you partake of his life whichever you want to pick hallelujah number five the miraculous is to show us that god is the sovereign one he is the supreme one the sovereign one who is supreme who is unpredictable who is matchless altogether incomparable incomparable number six to show his manifold wisdom paul says to me this mystery is made known so that through the church the manifold wisdom of god may be made known by the church so the supernatural and the miraculous is given to us to show god's manifold wisdom to express his jealousy for us to express his concern for us to express his commitment to us to express his care for us so miracles are god's proofs of rights over us hallelujah i wish i can go further but time will not permit me do not forget the words of anna there is none only as the lord there is none beside him neither is any rock like our god what am i saying god is incomparable he's involved in your life he's enormous that's the point he's enormous he's enormous he's enormous he's matchless he has all the power therefore there is no fear therefore the future is secured therefore he will come through for you even at the end that reminds me of the word of the psalmist we went through the fire and the water but you brought us to a to a world of place he said we came to our own wit end even on your wit end at your wit end they will come through for you you can trust him for such supernatural support He's our help in time of need. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Let us stop here. Father, we bless you because you are the matchless one. Because anytime we seek you, we find you. Thank you for the truth you have, re you have revealed to us about your nature, about your power, about your love and commitment to us. We give you all the praise. Help us to walk in this revelation that nothing can stand against us because you are with us. If God be for us, who can be against us? He that does not spare his son, but deliver him for us all. How shall he not with us freely give us all things? Bring us into the conviction, into the overwhelming consciousness of the revelation of your power and your love for us. Help us to walk in this manifold wisdom in order to keep the power of darkness under our feet forever. In the name of Jesus, we are afraid. Amen.